podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. We got a big one on Saturday, and I don't know about you guys, but I am super excited. I am Philip Slavin. And I am Chris Ross. And this is the 1012 podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Yes, that's right. Chris Ross is here. Chris, uh, welcome back to the show after it's been a week. Yeah, it's been a minute, and uh, I'm just here for the intro. Yeah, just here for the Don't worry, guys. He's not going to be here for the whole episode. He's just here for like five minutes, and then we're going to get rid of him again. And who knows when you'll hear him. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, he's obviously here. We are wrapping up our three-part round table, uh, but it is Friday. We do have to make a pick for the Big 12 championship game. So, of course, Chris is here in the intro. We're going to do that early in this one. Um, but before we get to that, Chris, I think I think you've got a you've got a question you want to ask me. Well, it, it's more of a series of questions. We got to talk about this about this game, but there's a lot of implications from this game for the Big 12 and, and the college football playoff. Um, and so the first question is for the Big 12 and purely on a conference level, mm-hmm. uh, who benefits, what win benefits the conference the most, Oklahoma win or Baylor win? Well, I, I could argue just one of them getting into the playoff. Just Utah Who, who has the best chance of the making the playoff? Well, I think Oklahoma does. And I, and I don't, I know Baylor fans don't want to hear that. I'm not saying Baylor doesn't if they if they win. Both need Utah to lose, but if I had to say if there if one of them could jump Utah despite Utah winning the Pac-12 championship game, I think OU has an edge in that as as opposed to Baylor. And Baylor fans are going to like that, but that is look, I don't like that that's how it works either. I think that's BS as well, but it is what it is. That's the level of respect Baylor's getting this year and schedule better at a conference. So you don't think that a win, no matter what, over each other, um, lets them jump Utah? It would depend on if if Oklahoma were to blow Baylor out and Utah were to squeak by Oregon, I think Oklahoma might be able to jump them. I think, I think OU winning gives them a decent shot 
to jump Utah. But game control matters. Both would get, I realize that this would be a, a top 10 win for Oklahoma, but you could argue they'd already beaten Baylor. So what does beating them twice really mean? Whereas Utah hadn't played Oregon yet. So that's a, that's a big game. And I know Oregon lost to Arizona State, but it would still be an, a marquee win and the best win on Utah's resume. So I think if either team has a shot of jumping Utah, even if Utah wins, it's Oklahoma in a blowout. We just, we've seen, this comes down, it's not a, it's less to do with the brands and more to do with game control. Baylor has won too many games too close. And their biggest wins are in, to be fair, against Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Texas. You know, three of the teams that are going bowling in the Big 12. So you could argue that point. But they've got too many close games. And, and OU kind of has a similar problem. Let's, let's give OU, you know, that, that slap. That, that's why OU continues to be behind Utah is they have too many close wins. And you can argue how good or bad the Pac-12 is. If you've watched Utah, they have dominated the teams they've played. Not and you can say, no, well, OU didn't dominate Kansas State. So let's yeah, but not, they, they let's did start. dominate UCLA. Well, Utah beat them. Pretty good too. So I understand not. that, but UCLA is next in that division behind USC. You're, you're, you're nit. If we want to nitpick this team, I don't like being like, okay, well they both played this team. No, I understand. I don't every like... Saturday's different, and and I understand. I understand that that's a, a good talking point, but I don't want to. I don't like the OU fans are like, well Utah's not any good. Well, most OU fans haven't watched a second of Utah play football. I, I think you have to keep it things. in perspective. When they say not any good, clearly they're a good team. Oh, they're, but they're, when you say oh, they're a good team, they've got a nice quarterback. He's not great. They've got a really, really good defense. And again, sure. I understand that the, the the teams they have played aren't great. But, the, but I don't think that the Big 12 across the board is that much better than the Pac-12 this I, year. I understand. But there's a lot of teams that look good beating up lesser competition, right? And I don't. I'm not trying to take anything away from Utah, but that's been the knock on Baylor in their non-con, right? So, mm-hmm. if that's, I mean, how can it benefit one team and hurt another? It doesn't make any sense. So the only games we can look at are similar opponents, or you know, when they've both played UCLA. And you talk about Utah lost to the best opponent that they've played yet. I mean that that's it's tough because their only other win is against at the time number seventeen. Arizona State, but Arizona State finished behind UCLA in the Pac-12 South standings. Not even just the Pac-12, but in the South, their own division. Like that's it. So I do think that absolutely matters when you're looking at. I think OU's resume is better than Utah's, but it's not demonstrated. It's not the difference between Georgia or LSU's resume and Oklahoma's resume. Like I don't think the difference between OU and Utah's resumes are that big a deal. And, and like, I, we're we're nitpicking here. And, and you and, make and, a, a, a kind of a point because all of this, the the Utah OU or Utah Baylor talk is all uh, it's all moot if uh, if Georgia beats LSU. Yeah, let's not even let's not even go there because oh, like we all know what's going to happen if Georgia beats LSU. It's Georgia it's over for the Ohio State. It's Clemson and LSU, yeah. and that's that's it. Yeah, so. it's over for the Big 12 and the Pac-12 if uh, Georgia beats LSU. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, because there's no way they're you're they're not putting LSU in. I mean that. Yeah. No. No. So and they're not going to do what they did to the Big Ten and uh, skip Penn State when Big when Penn State won the Big Ten and put in Ohio State. 
Well, Ohio because State, Penn State so. had two losses, so they were able to to justify that decision. You can't so. justify it when this is where are we at? Where like what? Where are we at? Society? The, the eyeball because they earned the Big Ten championship. They won the games that mattered that got them there. It doesn't matter that they had two losses because they got there, and Ohio State had the opportunity to get there and they didn't. Oh, hold on a second. It should matter that they got two losses. Not if they have the championship on that, their, that on their resume. Be, that shouldn't be the end-all, be-all deciding factor. That is no. one part what, of a, of a What resume. was on the field decided who was the Big Ten championship champion? Oh, that's Did fine. It not? But, that didn't, but it's not about you're debating that the playoff is all about putting in conference champions. So, Alabama so, didn't win but their conference gonna say, But you're not going to say in the playoff, say, um, you know, just for theory— OU barely beats Ohio State, you're not going to be like, well, we still think Ohio State's better, so you know we're going to put them in the championship game. Best of luck to you, Oklahoma. No, they got it done on the field, so OU would That's, advance. You're, 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 you're twisting stuff. Hold on a second. This, this gets back to the debate between what is the goal of the committee? to put in the four most deserving teams or what they believe are the four best teams. And that's always been the kind of the problem is their goal is to put in what they believe are the four best teams. Yeah, and they that's, that's the, the problem. Because the whole well, point of getting I, away from I, the I BCS disagree. was to get away. There was too much eyeball. And so we wanted something more uh, not as subjective. And now we've gone completely subjective with it. So deserving has to matter. It can't not matter. I, Otherwise, I what's the point? I don't disagree. What's the point of playing disagree. the season if deserving doesn't matter? So we're having two different discussions here. We're having the discussion of what we, the way we think it should be, which I agree with, and the way it is. And arguing the way it is with how we think it should be is not a constructive discussion. It doesn't help us kind of predict what we think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. This week. I agree with that. We can have the debate. I'm happy to have the debate of how it should be when we have time for a full episode. But we don't today, and I don't. I don't want to get into okay. the weeds on that one. So, so to move forward on my next question, who has the better resume with the win this weekend, Baylor or OU? Take the logo off. The okay, helmet. just just re- just resume. Um, I'd have to Baylor, go Baylor. If, well, hold on. Well, you asked. Okay. okay. I'll let so you Baylor, go. if Baylor wins, they both have a win over each other. Um, so let's kind of take that out. Uh, Baylor would have the better. Loss. They would have lost to Oklahoma. Oklahoma would have lost to Kansas State. And we can debate whether how good we think Kansas State is. I think they should be ranked. I think they should be ranked over Oklahoma State. And I'm an OSU fan, but that's not really the point. Um, it, it gets down to non-conference because I think the 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 difference in conference is, is pretty close. Uh, obviously, their OU versus Kansas State has lost. Baylor has the better loss, but I really can't discount how bad. Baylor's non-conference schedule was like I know OU's isn't great. UCLA isn't going bowling. Houston isn't going to a bowl game. South Dakota is an FCS team. But I would take UCLA against any of the three teams that o- that Baylor faced. I might take Houston against any of the three teams that Baylor faced. I OU's non-conference schedule, while not great, is that much better than Baylor's. So I, I have a hard time really thinking that either one is better than the other. And I, what's the UCLA win doing for Oklahoma? Because they're still behind Utah. Well, that, that's... Again, you asked me to compare resumes. I'm not sure either one's... I'm not sure which one's resume is better than the other as far as who they've beaten. I, you can nitpick and maybe argue Baylor because 
their loss isn't as good, but I hate getting into the discussion of who lost is better than who. No, I absolutely I, I hate that as well because it goes back to Oregon. The only thing that made Oregon a quality team was their loss to Auburn. That doesn't make any sense. It, a lot of teams can lose to Auburn. Okay, so but for me, it comes down to one thing. Baylor was beat by OU, a top 10 team. If they win the championship game, they will have avenged that loss. So they would have beaten the only team that they lost to, which was a top 10 team. To me, that's the better resume because wins matter. I, I, I mean, it doesn't matter who the wins against, against in the non-con, you know, 12 weeks ago. The wins matter, right? And wins have to matter more than losses. They just do. And if you can avenge your only loss on, on, on the schedule, to me, that's just a shade, like a shade behind being undefeated. You beat the only team that beat you. That's fair, and I, I I don't disagree with the whole beat the team that beat you. I will argue Baylor's loss was at home. Oklahoma's loss is on the road, and we can dissect the difference between the mm-hmm. two teams, but I do think that matters. I do think the fact that, if we really made it down to it, the fact that OU was down big but came back and, and was almost able to tie that game up potentially against Kansas State matters. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that Baylor was up big and blew that game to Oklahoma matters as well. So well, if you want to just take while I'm worked up, let's just get into this. Should Kansas State <laughs> be ranked? Or or more consp- conspiracy theory, twit tinfoil hat, is Kansas State being held out of the rankings to hurt OU's resume for the fact that is they seem to want to put the Pac-12 in, right? Above all logical sense, they want to put the Pac-12 in over the Big 12. Is that because the Pac-12 hasn't made the playoff a couple of times and they're like they don't want it to get too far behind or too uneven. Okay, so let me let me just say this: the tinfoil hat stuff cracks me up. Like I love it, I I love it. It's so much fun. I think it's bullshit, but it's so much fun. <laughs> I, let me let to, to, I would tend to, to agree with that, you. Let me say I would this. tend to let agree me, with you on, on the bullshit, but you know, let me let me say this because everyone's got all these. Oh well, the, the Oregon AD is blah 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 blah. blah. Um, there is a point that you know. Oklahoma, when the, when Oklahoma has talked about it, two members of the committee have to step out because one is Frank Beamer and, and the other is, um, is Castigli on it? I forget. Two members of the committee have to step out because they have connection to Oklahoma. So your 13 goes down to 11. I do think that has an impact on on Oklahoma and where they stand right now. I, I, will, I will say this. Um, we've had Adam McClintock on the show before. Um, he's a very, very smart guy. And if you, for those who think that this playoff committee stuff is willy nilly, he does a very, very good job of predicting what's going to, what the, the, what the committee's rankings are going to be each week ahead of time. To the point of Kansas State, this past week, the only one he got way off was Kansas State. And based off of history and what the committee generally does and what they value, he had Kansas State at 21. They were not ranked. So I, I do think it's strange. I was shocked that Oklahoma State stayed in the top 25. If you want to knock, say they're trying to hurt Oklahoma, if they really wanted to hurt Oklahoma, Oklahoma State wouldn't be ranked. Because you could argue that's the best win that Oklahoma has had in the last two months outside of just beating Baylor. The best performance they've had start to finish, the most complete performance they've had in the last two months was the win over Oklahoma State on the road. So if you want to argue they're trying to hurt OU, I will counter with if they really wanted to hurt OU, they would have knocked Oklahoma State out and put Air Force in instead. So 
I, I don't buy that they're trying to hurt OU and help the Pac-12 stuff. So, so because if they want to help the Pac-12, they'd put in, they'd find a way to sneak another Pac-12 team or something in, like Cal. But, but here's the thing. No one's going to look at that Oklahoma State game as a resume game. They're only going to look at the Kansas State loss. And Kansas State just beat ranked Iowa State pretty handedly, 27 I, to 17. I, I don't I don't think you're and, right. In and K-State was just gonna... ranked three weeks ago. Well, here's the thing. We don't know how far the gap between can't Oklahoma and Utah is in the committee's eyes. We don't know how far the gap is there. It may not be as far as we think. In fact, you could argue that they, the committee smartly kept o- Utah ahead of Oklahoma because it gives them more freedom this week. Now, they the, let's remember, go back to 2014. I hate to do this flashback to you, to TCU fans who went from third to sixth with, with that bullshit they pulled. But there's no reason to believe, the, there's nothing that says the committee can't decide to jump Oklahoma over Utah if Oklahoma has a complete and dominating performance over Baylor. Absolutely. So, or vice versa. I, I just, I, I'm not buying the conspiracy theories. I'm not buying the, they want to put the Pac-12, they don't give a crap about the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has no power to say. If, if, if you want a conspiracy theory, the committee absolutely does not want to put two SEC teams in. Because if you want to know how quickly you will get this thing expanded, to eight teams, let two SEC teams get in again. Because while the fans may not care as much, I promise you that the, the, the powers that be at the at the other conferences, including the Big Ten, who would, yes, they'd get Ohio State in, but eh, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12, like you'd get enough people going in there going, uh, F that nonsense, we're going to eight. So if you want conspiracy theories, the committee does not really want to put two SEC teams in. Right now it's that way because it's easy. It will sort itself out, in theory, when LSU and Georgia play each other. Alabama sorted itself out. The stuff's going to sort itself out. If Utah wins and gets in, then Utah wins and gets in. Mm-hmm. But I- Absolutely, how wild would it be if two SEC teams get in and neither one of them are Alabama? I mean... If you tell me two two that Alabama wasn't in the playoff, I'd be like, all right, do whatever you want. <laughs> like I don't, I don't. I I'm. This is gonna sound terrible because I'm a I'm a Big Twelve guy and this is a Big Twelve podcast. I don't hate the idea of Utah being in the playoff. It's nice to see, and I realize what happened to Michigan State when they got there. But it is nice to see somebody we haven't seen a number of times get in the playoff. Like, I would have been fine if Oregon had gotten in. I know they've been in there before, but just to have some variety. Because, man, seeing the same three teams every year just gets old. So having no Alabama is nice. Getting Oklahoma is good for the Big 12. I'm just going to say it is. But from a, a perspective of just having some variety, and we can get into the fact that people don't like to see usurpers come up and rise and suddenly be good in, in football. We like to see the same things over and over again, which is so weird because it's not what we like to see in basketball. It's very confusing. Um, but whatever. Uh, we so need to wrap I, this well, intro I have, up. I have one comment to that. Okay. Baylor says hello. Well, that's fine. I I don't have a problem if Baylor gets in. I would. I I don't. I mean, sorry, Baylor. Like, uh, like you, you know, maybe stop being good. You well, you but just schedule somebody in non conference, and we're not going to get into the non conference. I know you think that. They okay, just... but you have two Big Twelve teams that are out because of their non conference loss. Out of the bowl game. Two. Okay. Okay. That you finished, could argue that... They well, finished the game short, and they, wait, they lost... Uh, TCU lost to... TCU, okay. You, if well, you want to argue the, that for before, TCU... Hold on. Hold, hold, hold. No, if you want to argue up, that for TCU, up, they scheduled up. Purdue and beat them. They lost to SMU. Okay. 
Correct, but I'm not talking about TCU. I'm talking about Kansas State and Iowa State. They're both bo- they're both going bowling. Oh, never mind. I am talking. Mm-hmm. About- <laughs> Hold on. I Are looked at about- I looked at the wrong five and four. I looked at the wrong five win column. No, you're absolutely right. I looked at the wrong five win column. I'm talking about West Virginia and go. TCU, and and it doesn't matter. Like the Big Twelve, we already know it consumes itself, right? The 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 bottom of the conference is so much better than the bottom of the other conferences. It's ridiculous. So that's hard, right? So when you need, when one game keeps you out, why would you not schedule like Baylor? Instead, you have Kansas State and and Iowa State that they lost. Iowa State lost to Iowa. I mean, they're never going to not play that game, but that's tough. Now, Kansas State did win their three non-con, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I... I know you argue they should all just play three FCS teams, but I think that's terrible. No, TCU. TCU. Bad for fans. Sorry, TCU, I'm all mixed up. TCU lost to SMU. I'm all mixed up right now. I got all heated with the yeah, other conversation. Yeah, I see that. I know. All right. We, S- need, we need to make picks. TCU, SMU. That's what, yeah. We need, we need, to, make, we need to make picks. We're just going to spend the whole episode that's on true. the That's true. That's true. Got, I've got a long interview I, to get to. So, I'm sorry. I know you want to do this, but did, come on the show no. more often and we can. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I know. I know. Okay, uh, so obviously going to make picks for this game. Oklahoma is currently a nine-point favorite. Um, just to update the standings, I am 37, 39, and 1 after going 3 and 3 we, last week. We really don't have to update them. No, no, That's Chris cool. is now 35, 41, and 2 after going 2 and 4 last week. And our guests are 32, 38, and 1 after our friend Evan went 3 and 3 as well. So Chris is now like one and a half behind me. Mm-hmm. We have this game now, and we have... Six bowl games. So we get seven seven picks left. And we won't do we might do a, a non Big Twelve pick for the bowl games since there's only six. It's not a big deal. Maybe not. We'll see. Um so let's start here. Chris, I'll even let you go first. No, no, no. Well, no, no, no. You're you're ahead. Uh uh go ahead and put your pick out there. Well, Oklahoma is a nine point favorite. And I'm to get through this quickly, I'm I'm gonna take Oklahoma to cover. I think OU covers this. I know Baylor had a big lead and blew it. Um, I, I, I'm I going to start kind of a, a, a policy when I come to picking. Um, I'm going to trust Lincoln Riley if he gets to face a team a second time. I think he's that good of a coach. I think he – and I – this again, Matt Rule is facing OU for a second time. They will make adjustments and changes as well. I trust OU to win this by, by nine points. I do. Um, I, I don't think they're going to have – a similar quarter and a half first half performance as they did against Baylor. I think Baylor will look better than the second half, but I, I can see Oklahoma winning this by 10 points or more. I think Baylor is really good this year. I'm really happy for what they've done. I think OU wins. I think OU covers the nine and, and wins the big 12 title for the fifth year in a row. No, that's a, that's a great point. Lincoln Riley is two and O in rematch games. I, but, but here's the thing. I, there's something about Baylor that I like. And, and I'm going to ride with the Bears. And listen, I, I've seen it where, you know, Hertz isn't going to turn it over three times. Baylor's not going to jump out to this crazy lead. OU is flat out the better team. And I understand that. But there was something else that happened in that game that is probably not going to happen again. And that is that third quarter. Baylor had the ball all of a minute 42 in the entire quarter. And it just gassed their defense. And we saw Oklahoma take over the game at that point. And mount the comeback. I don't think we're going to see that again. 
where Oklahoma dominates that kind of time of possession. And that was any time one team dominates time of possession that bad, it just is extremely depleting on the defense of the other team. It's tough for any team to overcome that. And that to me was the biggest factor in that game. I don't think that happens again. I like Baylor. I don't know if they can win, but I like him to keep it close. I like this to to come down to the wire. So I'm going to take the Bears. Oh, also on the rematch, um, the in a bowl game, in the history of rematches, then bowl games, which is typically even team versus even team, which is more um, a, a better example for the Big Twelve rematch because it is the top two in versus instead of like other conferences where the rematch can be fairly lopsided. How the rematch team like wins the the underdog or the the team that lost the first game wins like sixty percent of the time, and I I don't know if we'll see that trend play out, but I think that plays in Baylor's favor. It's hard to beat a team twice. I agree. I I, I understand that. I don't disagree that it's very hard to to beat a team twice. So I always thought the twenty eleven national championship rematch was BS because there's I just you just go into the game going there's no way unless you're going to beat Saban a second time. So thank you for giving Alabama next championship. But that's pulling up old wounds, and I don't really want to do that. So, okay, I will take Oklahoma to cover. You are taking Baylor. Um, this is going to be interesting. We're just going to go down to the wire here, man. It's really going to go down to the wire. And bowl games are tough to pick because you just you just never know who cares and who doesn't. So this could be a, a, big, a, big, a big pick this week to either give me a nice two-and-a-half game cushion or get us back to within a half game, and that'd make things scary. Uh, okay, so we have to wrap up our roundup today uh, to wrap up the regular season. Obviously, if you've listened to the first two, uh, you know that Melissa Trebowasser, Andy Mitz, Keegan Renault, and Levi Stevenson are on the show. If you have not listened to part one and part two, go back and do so. They were fantastic. This one's a little bit of a, a quick hit, trying to get the first two. They just kind of, kind of we basically get through like one question at each one. And this one's some some quick Q&A. I thought this whole thing has been a lot of fun. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And with that, the longest intro we've ever had on the show. Uh, Let's get to it. Okay, so I I have a few things I want to cram in here. And this has been a lot of fun. No complaints whatsoever. Um, So let's kind of do some... Sounds like you're complaining. (laughs) <laughs> Philip just loves it when he can sit back and let all of us talk and he can just yeah I don't right? do shit on his podcast <laughs> we talk about Oklahoma State yet no <laughs> yeah 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 Philip tell us why is Oklahoma State the oh, most, really? the the most disappointing team no we should like, all make cases for why our team is the most disappointing and the least disappointing team no, 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 no. I can't go nowhere near the least or the, the most disappointing sorry <laughs> I picked Oklahoma State to go eight and four. They went eight and four. I I can't. I'm like I'm. I was right on the money. I feel good. I can't say that they overachieved or underachieved. So, uh, I, yeah, you know, it's 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 we're good. What do you want to what do you say? Spencer Sanders will be back next year, and and will be another one of those young, exciting quarterbacks where, you know, the meat grinder thing is so good. Oklahoma State just could be another one of those teams where I don't know what to expect. They could be eight and four. They could be ten and two. It's going to be which What's the team makes Spencer the right Sanders. Team? Is he a good quarterback? Yes, um, and he's just a good quarterback who's still got a lot to learn. If okay. if he figure the, the talent is there and the ability is there, and if he figures out all the other stuff, and, and you saw the progress from 
beginning of the year to the absolute low point of the season with five turnovers against Texas Tech. And then you saw him start to make better decisions as the season progressed. The, the turnover started to cut down. He stopped being so loose with the ball. Um, he stopped fumbling it away. He started making better decisions. Like he, you can see the progress from him if you watch game by game from really from the, the Tulsa game all the way on. Because it kind of took a, it started to take a dip and a decline to Texas Tech, and then it started to come back up. And, and it stinks. I, I think Sean Gleason too. Sean oh. Gleason I, impressed me a lot this year. I mean, it's a, you have you had a a first year starting quarterback with a, a first year offensive coordinator who came up from Princeton, um, learning everything all of this together. So it's year one for them. You had a first year, and I know that Dickey had coached in Kansas State forever, but it's still his first year at Oklahoma State coaching the offensive lines. So you put all that together. And yeah, the offense wasn't as good this year. You were you were a a, a run first offense when you get Chuba Hubbard, who's the second greatest running back to ever come to Oklahoma State. You know, that's what you're going to do. And uh, you saw the defense, who was very young last year, continue to make progress this year. Uh, Jim Knowles year two, they're still starting to figure everything out. They return most of that defense next year i think they lose one starting cornerback in aj green and i'm trying to think of the defensive line i think there's one defensive lineman they would use otherwise all your big names your trace fords your malcolm rodriguez your amen abang lamiga your um israel antoine like these guys are coming back so I am of the opinion for Oklahoma State, they went eight and four. I'm fine with that. It's a year where you lose Tylen Wallace. Um, you lose Spencer Sanders. They got to eight and four. They're going to a bowl game. Uh, it's it's progress. Like, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, my only thought on Oklahoma State was that I was dismayed to see the Chuba Hubbard's only a sophomore. I was hoping there'd be at least one year where Puka Williams had an opportunity to be the best running back in the conference. And I don't think that's going to happen while Chuba's Well, there. he's a redshirt sophomore, so... Um, Let's just tell you, I will tell you what all OSU fans are already very aware of, even though it hasn't, it's not official in any way, shape, or form. Chuba is going to be in the NFL next year. Oh, well then, well then I, I guess Thank I'm okay with it. God. <laughs> yeah. Them. Hey. <laughs> the kids are so good. Hey, what though? Us Cowboys, he better be drafting Brock Purdy in a couple of years. All, Don't do that to Brock. Sorry. Brock's a good dude. Oh, give me Brock and Lincoln Riley's offense. Yeah, give me I just I don't wish any. I wish nothing but uh, staying away from the Cowboys. Anyone? Jerry Jones just kills everything he touches, except for him. But no, look, look, look. What we need is for all of the NFL teams to eventually get a former Big Twelve head coach and a former Big Twelve quarterback teaming up, and then we just have an entire league of them, and then everybody bows down to the greatness that is the Big Twelve. And then we still don't have any defense, and we still get left out of the college football playoff. Exactly. That's, <laughs> because that's how everything works. All right. So uh, let's life go. is bullshit. Nothing means anything. We're all going to die. <laughs> Someone Levi, I always that. appreciate the uh, optimism and the and bright light that you bring to the show each time. Uh, let's go through a few you know things what? real quick. Levi, how many beers have you had? I've had two. Oh, that's, that's it. How about, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah, ask, ask the correct question. How many have you had since the start of the game yesterday? Oh, uh. <laughs> um, are we counting? Cases? Are we talking just beer? <laughs> just beer, probably. I don't know, eight or nine. Then cases. I had. I think I had. I don't know, four or five caramel apple Moscow meals yesterday. 
And a Vegas bomb. A Vegas bomb. I had a headache this morning. Seems unrelated, (laughs) but I just wanted to. Maybe it's related. I don't know. So (laughs) let's let's power through to the end here. Um, Let's kind of do rapid fire question answers, Um, and let let's start with this one, Uh, Melissa. Which new coach did the best job this year? Uh, um, I feel obligated to go with Chris Lehman, I guess. I, I think probably lowest expectations, uh, best result of, of any of the four new guys. Um, I think we'll look back in four years and, and feel like Neil Brown was probably the best hire. Um, I, I just I don't know if he can win at a really high level in the Big 12, but I think that he was tailor-made to build that program up into being, you know, a, a top top four contender pretty regularly in the conference. All right. Uh, Levi, can I question. argue with that one real quick? Oh. Please, I mean, please. Okay. Look, everyone's going to call me a homer, but I, I have to say that it that to me it, it's less miles because of all the crap that he had to deal with, the fact that he was able to pivot in the middle of the season – to a new offensive coordinator that at least gives them hope in terms of an offensive scheme to recognize how bad that original offensive scheme was and go to a guy that honestly could be their offensive coordinator for the next four or five years and be fairly successful. And if all things go well, he could be the bridge to the next coach being a guy like Brent Deerman and eventually getting that, that school turned around. Yes. There's still a lot of kind of, you know, what if uh, kind of built into that. But in terms of, since, since nobody kind of just blew it out of the water completely, I think there's at least an argument to be made for less. The thing with Les, too, is it's the belief. Like, those Kansas players, I felt like, believed every game that they played, that they had a chance to go win. I didn't sense that the last three, four years with Kansas, besides the game that they played Texas. That's fair. Uh, I would argue it was Neil Brown, just because with the the garbage roster that he inherited and, and coming in and getting that team to five wins was more than I really thought. Like, I know we had low expectations for – for Kansas State, I thought I thought Kansas State would do better than West Virginia. I thought West Virginia might fight for the last spot in the conference, and and they they kind of did. Um, they had actually tied with TCU for seventh. Sorry, but, <laughs> well, I didn't hear you. It's fine. <clears throat> Own the tiebreaker, but oh, I thought the fact really? that he got to five wins with that roster, especially there at the end of the season, was really really impressive. Uh, Levi, offensive just. Just head coaches? No, just, uh, no. Next question: Offensive MVP oh, for the season. Fine. Um, offensive MVP. Yeah. Would it be lame if I went with the Homer pick? I mean, you can make whatever pick you want. I'm going to say Brock Purdy. He's like sixth in the country in total offense. If the if the offense if Iowa State didn't have Brock Purdy, that offense would be hot garbage. Um, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say hot garbage. It would be like medium garbage. Um, but he, he's, the, he's the guy that makes the whole thing work and he's not perfect, but he's pretty perfect. Oh God. I hated that. So <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> just I wanted to throw that pun in there. That was the and, entire uh, reason. It's funny. Cause I'm not a, usually a big pretty pun fan, but that's, I had to put that one. It was pretty um, good. Um, but you know, stop Melissa. Don't, 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 don't egg him on. Fine. He's the best quarterback, in big 12. Um, and he's probably top three to five in the country. And I think he's going to be a dark horse. If I would say he's good next year, like nine or 10 wins good, I think he's a dark Wait, horse. Wait, you think he's better than, than Jalen Hurts? Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I agree with that. 
I think he's. But I'm not, I'm not, like, as far as running the ball, maybe not. But as far as just as a quarterback, yeah. I, I it's it's so hard to watch Jalen Hurts play quarterback at Oklahoma. Like, like, so like, put it this way: if you if you had like if you had to go down the field in an offensive series, you had to go 80 yards down the field, and you were only allowed to throw the ball. Would you rather have Brock Purdy or Jalen Hurts? Well, if you're only allowed to throw the ball, right? But I mean, especially these days, we have a lot of quarterbacks who are well, you know, sure, able to sure. run as well. What I'm talking about, what I'm talking about here, though. Well, one, uh, one, Brock Purdy's running ability is still very good. Not not Jalen Hurts good, but he's still maybe the, like, he's still very he's still a good very good runner. Um, but he his ability to throw the ball accurately and to make make big plays, um, I think I think supersedes Jalen Hurts. Okay, Keegan. Big oh, player that you are most excited to see next season. Ooh, man, you're you're gonna have to hear me think out loud on this. Right. Um, well, the easy it. one for the e, and I said this last time. Uh, said this last time we were on the podcast together. It's it's so easy for me because I've evaluated him in person. I've seen him work. Um, man, Spencer Rattler is gonna be a superstar. He he's gonna be really really good. He may be as good or better than what Oklahoma had with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Um, but in terms of guys that have played this year that are returning, man, I think Brees Hall may end up being like a first, second round NFL running back. He's really good. He, he's got the size. He's got the – he's shifty. He's got that shiftiness that he's not making guys miss tackles like David Montgomery did. I mean, damn, Thanksgiving. Every time he got the – on the, the when the Bears played, it still seems like he's making five guys miss tackles on every – every rush but no I think Brees Hall at Iowa State is one um but I mean there's so many to pick from here this conference is really heading in a heading in a really good direction um so yeah Brees Hall for me I think that as much as I do like Brock Purdy Brees Hall is going to be is going to be what makes them go next year if Iowa State wants any wants once have has any aspirations of playing for a big 12 championship they're going to need him to be a guy that what he looks like he's becoming and I'm excited to see how he's how he's gonna progress and see if he can build on what he did towards the end of the year last year I think uh Max Duggan deserves a a shout out in this section I Mm -hmm. I he's an Iowa kid and I loved watching Max he wasn't like you you can tell he's a freshman he made some mistakes but man you can tell that kid can ball he can play I I really you could probably pick someone from every you know team that would be worthy of consideration at least I only pick people from Iowa or that play football in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know you're a total homer. So, hey, Max, Max Duggan stiff armed Iowa State in the face. I mean, granted, they had Brock Purdy already, but like, you know, Iowa State recruited him hard and he didn't go there. But I'm not bitter. I, I, I know this isn't going to be the most common opinion, but man, I, Matt, but I, I think TCU. I see with Max Duggan what Oklahoma tried to do with Trevor Knight. Uh, and it's hard to take that image out of your uh, 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 Why did you do <laughs> that? You really rough on me. You do realize that, like, we just missed a bowl game for the, just the third time in 20 years. I'm very, very sensitive right now, and you guys just keep coming at me. <laughs> Melissa, me. Melissa, though, you're the one that every time you come on are always talking about how we're way too nice to you. So we thought yeah. we would, for Trevor once, Trevor Knight was the first overall pick nice. in the uh, American Alliance. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to say no. this, that, that I'm thinking about putting out a poll on Twitter of who starts more games in 2020, Max Duggan or Matthew Baldwin, because 
uh, there's a lot I love about Duggan. Like that is a guy that you want to ride the battle with. Um, he, he plays hard. He, he's physical. He's not scared. But I don't know if he can throw the football. And, and to mm-hmm. be, you know, 12 games and, and like eight starts or whatever into a season and not have seen that part of his game progress um, definitely concerns me going forward. He didn't get a lot of help. Uh, the wide receivers were really, really bad this year. And, again, we forgot Jalen Rager was on the team most of the time. But um, you're going to have to score points. It, this league is better defensively, but you still have to be able to put, you know, four touchdowns on the board more often than not in order to be in ball games. And um, he's, he's got a long way to go. I, I hope it's him. I, I love the kid. I want him to be the guy. But I think Baldwin's going to give him a lot of competition this spring. Well, if if you want to see him, if he's able to throw the football, just go look at that uh, that Kansas game against TCU. I mean, he didn't have a lot of a lot of opportunities, but he threw for a hundred yards on only eleven attempts. So, well, and he threw for three hundred against Texas Tech. But again, no offense, Andy, but Kansas. I know, I know, it was it, and it was Kansas a joke. in September. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that was. Uh, I mean, Alex Delton looked great in that game against Kansas. So we all saw how that worked out. Melissa, I was just trying to help you feel a little bit better. <laughs> Appreciate you having me my back, man. I, I should have known. <laughs> so, all right, Andy, uh, four teams did not make bowl games this year. TCU, oh, God, West Virginia, on. Texas Tech, and Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Andy, which of the four teams that did make a bowl game is most likely to make one next year? Uh, you can only gosh. pick one. You can't be like, well, these three won. To be honest, I, I mean, it's hard to pick one. To be honest, because they all, I think, have about an even chance. So if I have to, if I have to decide on just one, um, I'm probably going to have to go with West Virginia. I think they had the most momentum going into the end of the year. I think they finally have started to kind of figure out some of the issues that they've had. Um, they really are are kind of building on what they had, whereas. The rest of, you know, the rest of the teams that didn't make a bowl game have real serious quarterback questions. You know, Kansas has no idea what they're going to do with Carter Stanley leaving. You know, we, we just got done talking about what TCU is worrying about with quarterbacks. And at Texas Tech, you don't know. Is it going to be Alan Bowman? Is it going to be Jet Duffy? Are either of them going to be good enough to implement the system that they need to to get that consistent quarterback play? So I think, you know, even though West Virginia might have its own kind of issues, they've made do with what they've had and have built momentum going through the end of the year. And so I think just giving them that extra time to really work through and, you know, decide on a, on a quarterback that's going to take them into the future there, I think that West Virginia is the best set up to make a push for a bowl game. All right. That concludes our massive roundtable that got way out of hand, but I love you guys, and I just was going to let you go. I mean, I got a lot of other work done just sitting over here. <laughs> Forever. I still um, maintain my stance that Philip just brings us on, so he doesn't have to do anything. Pretty good I have to do research. I do pre-research. Don't don't come at me like that. No, 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 no. You do, you do pre-research, us- and then you don't even talk about it. <laughs> he brings us on so that we can say all of the hot takes that he wants to say, but doesn't want the blowback for. Because I found that out multiple times. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna give me solid gold, I'm gonna put it out there for the world to see. Well, can, can I just real quick say something about this Brees Hall? the situation i did not realize this in seven games way back there's no, wow. yeah, no it's seven games i was just looking at his stats in seven games this year he if with his per game average if he would have done that if they he would have gotten the bulk of the carries all season Brees hall would have almost would have over 1400 yards as a true freshman sorry i just had to finish with that He's that's a good player. nuts 
He's That's nuts. So All we right, know sorry. who's starting the Breeze Hall Fan Club Facebook page. Um, that, it's that not was, even me. No, that's, that's nuts. All right. Well, you, <laughs> you two can go and just, you know, talk romantic about Breeze Hall uh, and have fun with that. Just do me a favor, Levi, where can everybody check out the work you do covering Iowa State? Uh, all of my Iowa State stuff is on Wide Right Natty Light. Um, the Twitter account is at WideRTNattyLT. Um, if you care about other dumb sports opinions and things about other things, um, you can, my personal Twitter is at Levi R S Stev S T E V. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I tweet angry things and, and fun things and things like that, but most of my Iowa state stuff is on, is on the wide right account. So you can filter me out pretty quickly. Uh, Melissa, where can everybody check out the work you do covering TCU? Uh, I am over at Frogs of War at Frogs of War Twitter, www.frogsofwar.com. Um, and then the coach Melissa is my personal Twitter. I'm not nearly as offensive or funny as Levi, but, you know, I occasionally tweet out pictures of my dogs and food stuff and then rant um, angrily about TCU sports. <laughs> uh, Andy, where can everybody check out the work you do covering Kansas and the Big 12? Yeah, so I, I cover the Big 12 in Kansas as well over at Land Grant Gauntlet. Um, I also write for Rock Chalk Talk, the, the SB Nation site covering the Jayhawks. And then I have my own podcast covering Kansas. It's Rock Chalk Pod. That's at Rock Chalk Pod on, on Twitter. And Keegan, where can everybody check out the work you do covering Brees Hall? <laughs> <laughs> Is that why I write Natty Light as well? <laughs> <laughs> um. I, it's Sooners Wire, powered by USA Today Sports. It, it, it's a new website this year. Um, thankful for USA Today for the opportunity. Um, it's been a blast getting to cover Oklahoma this year. Um, and then you can follow me on my personal Twitter account at Keegan Renault, K-E-G-A-N-R-E-N-E-A-U, for all the hot takes that I've had over this course of the season and arguments with Ian Boyd. Uh, yeah, those things are. Everyone, all of us have argued with Ian fun. Boyd. I'm quite sure, right? <laughs> Who is Ian Boyd? Oh, I just want that Whoa. as my ringtone. You know, Levi, I want you to go and just on Twitter introduce yourself to Ian Boyd. That's what I that that, that so, like like who is Ian Boyd? Like who is this enigma? I just I feel like you need to go to just tweet that at him. It'll, it'll <laughs> I feel like I've seen his name, but. All right. I, I you guys are awesome. My mind all the time. We're going to wrap this up. This has been a great week, uh, and we will talk to you all again after the Big 12 title game. I forgot to get pics from everybody, threat? but oh well. <laughs> Levi, I'll talk to you in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Is that also <laughs> Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show. Five stars, please. It helps us get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Don't forget, if you want to be part of our first mailbag episode this month, shoot us your question. You can DM us on Twitter, at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast, or you can shoot it to us in an email. That's 1012podcast, T-E-N, number 12, word podcast, at gmail.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.